Good morning. We are online. People who are watching, we're online. Go on. So this is a wow. This is an interesting day, Joe, isn't it? Yeah. This is an interesting. We can't day. hardly hear you though. They can't hear me. I know because I think I'm muted in the house. I think I'm pro nope. Maybe turn me up just a little bit. Hi everyone. There we go. There we go. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you know. I should wait. I should wait to say thank you for everybody and, and apologize. Uh, you, no, you, you, you can do that offline. We don't have to do that this morning. No, I still need to do it. You guys are, you, my sound team is amazing. And they have been working for, what, an hour and a half, or, and Joe, two hours, to get, uh, to get our new soundboard in. And that's been, and then at the very last moment, I said I, I, I changed one of the songs, and Joe's like, oh, great. Oh, great. So... It'll work out, Joe. <laughs> Good morning. Oh, wait, what? Are we still? Yeah, Yeah, we're still going on. Come on in, everybody. I know you're all out there chit-chatting and everything. I can still see them. Come on in. Do they it's have any context, the people online, for what? The people, because uh, I wasn't here last week. I know. I know I wasn't here last week. <laughs> um, but um, you guys didn't broadcast last week. Oh, that's right. We didn't broadcast last week because there was no soundboard. It died. And so, the, I mean, we did, we did post it online, so okay. they, right. do, they, they should know. Most of them knew, and there was an email that went out. But there, it could possible be there's some people who don't know. Um, so, yeah, we had, we, our soundboard died last week, and so we couldn't do service online, and we were kind of winging it here, and I spoke really loud. Um, it worked, and it happened to be the week you're gone. Perfect. Did you have a good vacation? Yeah, but we're making up for it this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, thanks for coming. Again, thank you to all my staff team. You guys are amazing, and I appreciate you. you are, I, I'm, I'm floored by the level of talent and, and, and gifts that you guys have. So, thank I, have you. I have a quick question. Yes. So, I'll probably just, well, a quick comment. So, throughout the service, I may occasionally address Deb, who's running audio on the new board today just to kind of check in because we we need to set the whole yeah, sound brand new, settings brand and new board it's pretty complex it's really cool deb how is the how are we doing online hearing the mumbling of people in the uh in the space minimal okay Good. so tom you're right underneath the microphone i just want you to be aware of that fact <laughs> he's like oh no yeah. So we, we've got it set so you can hear yeah. that there are people in the space without hearing yeah. distinct voices. Hey, so, and if, and yeah. if you're online, if you could give us a, a little bit of feedback of how the crowd noise goes, that would be helpful. I, I think thought so. it was, I, I went back and I listened to, to, for two, to two weeks ago and it really added yeah? to the sound. It was pretty cool. I couldn't hear them. Oh, I could. Well, you have better hearing than me. I'm older than okay, you. Okay, not by much. <laughs> and, and if we went by gray, I got you by a good 15, 20 you years. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, a couple of announcements real quick. Um, what's the first one, Jen? VBS meeting today. I don't know. Do we have the, uh, where's Jesse? She's not in here. Um, I don't remember the date of it. It's usually 
like the second week of July is usually the day of VBS. So put that on your calendars. Um, if you can't make it to today, let Jesse know that you can help because uh, this is one of those things that it really blesses the community. It's really encouraging for the church, but we need lots of people to help for it. So that's coming right after service today. It shouldn't be, it'll be a very brief meeting. It won't be that long. Coloring night, I, uh, that's Monday. That's in tomorrow, Whoo, 7 p.m. here at the church. I encourage you, if you have the inkling of enjoyment of, of coloring, come. It's a fantastic night um, here at the church. And next one, K-Cup Drive, if you, that's for the coffee. Talk to Jesse about that. Um, bring some of your favorite uh, coffee flavors. Next, Easter candy needed. We're going to do an Easter egg community, Easter, Easter egg hunt on the, what? Ninth, yeah, on the ninth, and we need Easter candy for that. So make sure they're small pieces because they're going to be stuffing them on the eighth, eighth, seventh, like something like one of those. Eighth, Friday the eighth. So if you can help with either of those, that would be great. Um, check out our website. Also, and one more thing that's not in the slides is we will have a church chat next week briefly to, for two things, just information for you. One is to give you feedback on how um, the meeting went with um, the, the emergency preparedness people here in, in the Aurora area. They want to be able to use this for a heating and cooling shelter, as well as a central place to be if there's, you know, like earthquake or fires, um, that sort of thing. Um, and then the other one is... Uh, there's a, uh, there's a uh, homeschooling group that would like to use our church, and we want to talk to you about what's going on with that. I think that's all of our announcements. I believe that's all of our announcements. Should we worship? We should. If we've ever stopped, yes. We, <laughs> no, you, you never stop worshiping. That's right. You really don't. It's just, what are you worshiping? Yeah. Now, today we're going to be talking about loving God and loving mean people in all things. We're finishing, we're getting close to finishing up the whole series on love. And, and one of the, the kind of the fundamental pieces of this is that love endures. Love is relentless in, 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 in loving us. It doesn't give up on us. And so we're going to worship today. And, and this is the little surprise I had for Joe is we, we're going to, I tried to change the word in the, in the song we normally sing, Reckless. To relentless. I told him there's an extra syllable and it yeah, may not work. You can just kind of Tom understands. It'll work. He says. Yes. We can do this, right? Hey, we'll can put, we do this? We'll put an extra beat in the song. Nobody will know the difference. It'll right. be we'll have one measure of seven eight instead of six eight. Nobody will notice. <laughs> we can do I it. think we'll be fine. I've been practicing it in my head. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, relentless love of God. See? But here's the thing. We do not reward the pastor for changing something at the last minute. I changed okay? it yesterday. Do not. Yeah, but I found out. At the la literally seconds ago. Literally seconds before. So I yeah. apologize. I was wrong with that. I still I don't trust you, but I forgive you. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about that next week. So, yeah, the whole nice teaser thing. for that, right? I know you're teasing me. All right, let's pray. Let's try to set our minds aside and really take our time to think about worship, to think about Jesus and his worthiness, his love for us in him. Whew. Ready? Let's pray. 
Oh, Jesus, thank you that you love us. Father, that you love us. You love us when we're, we're good. We're love, you love us when we're bad. You love us in our worst moments. Your love is relentless. It's, it comes after us. It never gives up on us. Never did. It provides a hope that's, that's better than we can imagine. That by your power, we're going to be able to worship you forever. We're going to be the, the, the loving people we long to be. We're going to be in, in, in your presence, soaking in your goodness. Because you have taken away our shame. You've taken away our sin. You covered us with your blood. Thank you. And as we worship now, Lord... May our thoughts, our hearts be attuned to you, and may we match the songs in heaven today. In your name we pray. Father, thank you for being a perfect parent. As I think about how I need to be broken down, I need to be propped up, I need to be convicted and loved, and these things sometimes seem just very counter to each other. But I feel loved, and I feel supported, and I also feel, I, I sense where you are prop, prompting me to improve, prompting me to trust you more, prompting me to challenge myself in my faith, and how I am dedicated or not dedicated to you. This morning, as we're speaking to this, to remember that you chase us down because you love us the same way that we run after our own children who we love so greatly. We worship you, Lord. Amen. pray. Oh, Father, um, when I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. God, sometimes it's so easy to feel dragged down and believing that we have no worth, that we're irredeemable. I don't know about the congregation here, Lord, but sometimes my inner dialogue is so unkind. Thank you for not being a God of shame, but being a God of forgiveness and love. And Lord, as we reflect on how you treat us with love and with, without shaming us, regardless of our own perception of our worth, that we would grant that grace to others, that we could learn to love that way. I'm not sure it's in our nature, Lord, but I know that you can change us. May we hear your word this morning. Father, help me to communicate your word.
accurately. Um, help me to communicate your heart. How you love us. Be gracious to me that you might be gracious to your people. That we might understand the love that is beyond comprehension. The height, the depth, the breadth of, lo- of your love in Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Second to last sermon in Loving Mean People. We've talked about why loving mean people. You know, it's the, for God so loved the world, love the people when they're sinners. When they're not good. I mean, that's what, that's what the world, again, as I say every week, that's what world means in the Gospel of John. It it's, doesn't mean necessarily the breadth of God in every individual. What it's talking about in, in, the, in the book of John, even if you just looked a couple of verses down past this one, the world is those who hate him. The world is those who are evil, who do bad things, which is who we were outside of Jesus, who did things that God abhors. God loves us then. And the fundamental basic way that God displays his love is by giving of sacrifice. We're finishing this series. Just, and, it's, uh, and, and this is the phrase we'll deal with today. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And it's, it's, it's this one that, of all of them, I think has moved me to worship more than, the, than any of the others. As I, as I think about about how God loves me and loves us, I just am stunned. And in some ways, this one speaks so powerfully to me um, in my own personal experiences on, on, on maybe some of the negative self-talk I have for myself that, that this counters so incredibly well. We're going to go through it backwards. We're going to start with endures and work its way back up to bears. Because I think, as I was thinking through this, loves, love bears all, I mean, endures all things because of the previous three things. Love endures. Meaning, it doesn't give up. It doesn't stop. Love says, how can I do anything other than hold on? <laughs> Those of you who've had children or, or parents or, or even deep friends who, who've, who've maybe walked away and done horrible things, and you just go, how can I not but continue to care? It's like, I can't give up. I would never give up on my children. How can you give up? Love holds on. Love says, I will never give up on you. 
Have you ever felt that way? That maybe God's just going to give up on you? I have. Love endures. And there's a biblical word for this in the Old Testament. It's called hesed. It's everywhere. It's one of the most important words in all of Scripture. It's, it's sometimes translated his loving kindness or his steadfast love. Sometimes it's mercy. There's a variety of ways that it's translated. But the idea behind it is this, this love, this faithful covenant love that will continue to love the people of God no matter if they sin. He holds on to us. And it's the word that's, that's in this Wonderful passage in Lamentations. I, call, I recall this to mind, and therefore, there's hope. I have hope for Israel. I have hope for myself. Why? Because uh, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's what Paul is saying. The, the steadfast love of the Lord just doesn't stop. He's not going to stop on you. His mercies aren't going to just stop. Every morning there's new abundant mercy for you. Faithfulness. He holds on. Which is why I changed that song to Relentless. Thank you, Joe. You did a fantastic job. It's that God's love is relentless for us. It keeps coming after us. Love endures. The, the, the word in, in Greek is this idea of, of holding on to something through pain. It's the enduring pain. It's the word that's used in Hebrews chapter 12 um, describing what Jesus did for, on the cross. That he went to the cross enduring its pain, its shame, in order to redeem us. It endures. It says, I won't give up on you. I'll never give up on you. It's the word here in Psalm 136. And I got to be honest, for me personally, as I think about this one for me, this, this idea that with all of my faults, with all the ways I've failed, that God is not going to just give up on me. Just. It moves me to tears. He's not going to give up on me. And he's not going to give up on you. Why? Because love always hopes. Hopes in all things. There's a hope. Does God hope? Well, kind of, but not really in the sense that if God wants something, he gets it. <laughs> But there's this sense that he's the God of hope. He's the God that, that says, I can see what's going to happen, and I'm going to make it happen. And he says to you, you are not 
hopeless. You're not hopeless. Sometimes we hear that, we say that to ourselves. That, well, I'm a mess up and I'm always going to be a mess up and there's nothing that's going to fix that. The love of God says, no, you're not hopeless. You're not hopeless. Why? Because we have a really big God. He's the one who speaks and the heavens are created. He breathes and the stars are born. Think about how big and massive just even our son is. All he has to do is, and it's there. Someone with that power, do you not think that the mountains in your life are as nothing to him? Can he not fix anything? Is there nothing too hard for the Lord? There's nothing. He can do it all. Why are you not hopeless? Because there's a God who loves you, who's not giving up on you, and, and omnipotence is involved in your circumstance. We know that in all things, the God who breathes out stars, who holds the whole universe in his hands, who upholds all things by the power of his word, work is at work in you for good. And he will get you home. Those who have been called to his purpose are those he knew. And those he predestined, he, con he predestined, he designed, he desired at the beginning that you would get to be like Jesus one day. He knows you're going to get home because he's not giving up on you. And, and the, in a sense, his hope, which is not really hope, it's his plan of you being like Jesus and being with him forever it's going to happen because omnipotence is involved. Love hopes. One of my favorite verses, John 10, Jesus says, I give my people, my sheep, my, my, those who put their trust in me eternal life and they will not perish and no one can take them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. The hope, if I may use that word, of God to bring you home is a sure thing. No one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. You are not hopeless. You're not hopeless. I don't know how hard the road's going to be between here and there. I don't know what the plan is of God the Father. But there is always hope because omnipotence is involved. People are not hopeless because there's an Almighty. It's that simple. And it is the gospel 
that's going to do it. For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Jesus. Why? Because it's the power, the omnipotent power of God at work saving everyone who believes. And so, my prayer for me and for you is that you would have hope. The God of all hope would give you hope as you, as you believe in Jesus and that would give you peace and that would give you joy knowing that you're not hopeless. You have hope. And why, is, why does he have hope for us? We come to this, this phrase, love always believes. Some translations put it trusts in all things. I'm not sure trust is the right word. Some, some translations put faith in all things. It's the idea, we'll have to, to parse this a little bit more, it's the idea that he sees what really is happening here. He sees your, that you are redeemable. Now, of course, there's, there's a distinction between saying, I agree with your actions, which... If they're evil, we don't. We talked about that last week. You do not rejoice in evil. You rejoice in what is good. But God sees underneath of that imago Dei that you are still made in the image of God and there's something worth there. Now for us human beings, we need to not, we need, we need to not endorse or support wrong actions. But here's the thing. Do you always know why people do what they do? And of course the answer is no. We don't. Why did that person cut you off on the freeway? I mean, maybe they're just being selfish, but maybe they're trying to get to the hospital because their wife is dying. You don't know. Maybe there's a... Maybe some, some, it assumes that underneath all of this, maybe you're acting because you're hurt. Maybe you're, maybe you're acting that way because there's some lies that you've believed. Someone has deceived you and you believe something that's not true. I don't know what it is, but it believes that underneath your wrong actions, because the, that's the context, that maybe there's a reason for it. It doesn't endorse it, but it, it enables you to be gracious to them. It's the phrase that Joe has used before, this unconditional positive regard. It's like, I don't agree with your actions, but I can go, well, but maybe there's, there's something I don't see, I don't understand. It assumes the best. In some way, there's a reason for it. And here's the thing. You're like, but that seems... That's kind of challenging. But I think here's what it gets down for us humans. Is we need to not judge each other. And there's a difference between discernment and judgment. Judgment is condemning. Because in, 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 our, in our case, we often, in, in American law, the judge usually, we don't think of them as giving this, being judge, jury, and sentencer. But back then, they did. 
to judge was to be the one who condemns. We are not to condemn. That's not our place. So he says, who are you to pass judgment on another servant? Another person. That's not your job. Because it's before his own master, that is God, that, 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 that they will either stand or they will fall. All, all judgment is reserved for the Lord, not me, not us. And he, will, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is going to make him stand. doesn't mean he's worthy of standing. He means he's going to make it happen, which is right by what I just said about being hope. It enables you to be gracious. And in the context of this, it's like, I don't get it why you're acting like this. It's not okay to act like that. But I'm going to love you in it because I see something in there. And here's the problem. And I, I'll just say this. I would personally, I would rather have Jesus say, Brian, you are gullible. You were unwise that have Jesus say you didn't love that person enough. I mean, he may say, Brian, you were unwise there. That was not a good idea to do that. That was dumb. Okay, I can live with that, with that sentence by Jesus rather than said, I didn't love, you didn't love them. That one I don't want. That's just me personally. Again, it's not, an, it's, not a, it's not a supporting, it's not an endorsing, it's not encouraging evil behavior. That's not what this is. It's just that I'd rather assume a little better on someone if I have to. I'd rather be unlo- unwise than not loving, and rather than not loving. And maybe I need to grow in that, but that's me. Because maybe I don't understand them. I don't understand the facts. Maybe I don't understand. Maybe I'm not seeing it rightly. I'm not the Lord. I can't, I can't judge a heart accurately. Because I'm not God. And love risks sometimes assuming better of people. You can't love without risk. You just can't. And so I want to encourage us here you know, to humble ourselves and say, maybe I don't know. And interesting, the very next word is this, is for God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or destroy. What right do you have to judge your neighbor? And by the way, James is the wisdom book in the New Testament. That's a wisdom is to say that. Next. So what do we do with this sin? What do we do with this? Well, what did God do with our sin? On one hand, he won't give up on us. Second, he's not going to, he, he has a hope that he, you know, you're not hopeless. I'm, I, I, I'm going to do something for you. And on one hand, he, he's, not, he's not ignoring the fact that you've done something wrong, but there's this sense, but I, but I see 
in you, in the Mago day, of made in the image of God, that's worth saving. What do I do with that? That gives me to, to the last one. Love bears all things, or another way of putting God, love protects. This, bear, this word bear is the same word that's used for roof. Or it's the word that's used for what keeps something out. It's the container. So that, that if, let's say, you had milk in a glass, it's that which keeps out the water or stuff so it stays preserved. That's what this word does, is it protects, it covers. It literally, that's the word, is covered or roof. It's this idea that I will protect both physically and emotionally. A couple weeks ago, I don't even remember the exact date, but maybe you saw the story of a, of a Ukrainian woman who shield her, her child from bullets. That's love. Covering your child while you take the punishment, you take the hits, so they don't. That's covering. Physically. I mean, in a simple sense, we, that makes sense. If, if, if I could protect my child from being hurt unnecessarily, of course I want to do that. Sometimes that's not a good thing to, 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 not, to protect them from getting hurt because sometimes they need to learn that you need to be hurt to love. I mean, remember, remember at the very beginning, I mean, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, that his son died for us. Love takes, hurts for those he loves. It sacrifices. So sometimes physically that's not the issue. And sometimes that's an emotional wound that you need to take. But emotionally, I think it gets to this. It takes away sin. It takes away shame. Think about Romans 4. David says the same thing, that is, that people are forgiven by faith. When he speaks of the blessedness of the one whom God credits righteousness apart from works, which is his whole argument in this whole section, and he says, blessed are those whose sins are forgiven, who, uh, transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are, and here's the same word, who are covered, who are protected, who are shielded, Blessed is the one whose sin, who's, who the Lord will never count against them. To, um, where, where is Paul quoting that from? It's from Psalm 51. Let me hear the joy of gladness. Let my bones you have cursed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. That word blot out is the way, same word as covered. It's the idea of you're writing something on a page and then you take the equivalent of whiteout back then and you cover it over. You blot it out so that you can't see it. Blot out, cover my, my, my sin. And what that's getting at 
is, is not just taking away the, the judgment, the, 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 the wrath that you, are des- you deserve, but it's more than that. It's the shame that goes with it. What is shame? What I mean shame. It's not just that you are wrong, but you are hopelessly bad. It's not that you did something wrong. That's one thing. But at your very core is your, your, your unredeemably bad. God doesn't want to shame you in that way. And he takes away that shame in Jesus. I think about Genesis chapter 3. It's the story of Adam and Eve. And right after they've sinned and they're naked, and naked is, a, is an image of shame and sin in the, in the Old Testament. And what does God do after he's done... He's pronounced judgment. He's kicking them out of the garden because they can't stay in his presence because of that. And so what does he do? Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, and, they, and so they tried to cover it up, cover up their own shame, and they couldn't do that. And so they, you know, the, the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden, and the Lord said, where are you? And they and they and they and Adam answered, I heard you were walking, I was naked, so I hid. But after he does all this, this is what the Lord does. Is he covers their shame, their sin, their nakedness. Now it's a little obtuse. But there does seem to be an image here of that God through sacrifice. Because he had to kill those animals to cover shame. And it leads us right here to the New Testament where the shame, our shame is removed in Jesus. Now, when I was younger, um, and I started to imagine the end day and, and, and the judgment day before, G, before the Lord. And I had this image in my head, and maybe you guys have never had it, or maybe you still do, that we, we will all be judged one day. We can see this right here, I, you know, in Revelation 20. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they were done in the, in the recorded in the books. And so, as, as he says it in Romans 14, we will all give an account to God. But I had this, this image, is, is I would, you know, it would be all of humanity. In the audience, I get pulled on stage, and he starts playing a movie of everything I've done wrong, and all of humanity sees it. I don't believe that's going to happen. At the most... It will be private, especially if it's a believer, because God doesn't shame. We, we will give an account, but what's the point of telling all of humanity all of my sin? There isn't. 
And it fits with what we see in things like Isaiah 45. But Israel will be saved. The Lord will be an everlasting salvation. And you will never be put to shame or disgraced. To ages everlasting. God won't shame you. God's not, in Jesus, he doesn't do shame. Or Psalm 34, those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered in shame. Love doesn't shame. That doesn't make you want to feel bad about yourself. His conviction is only to do one thing, to get you to acknowledge that that was not okay, and now let's move a different direction. That's it. Brian, I had to hit you with that two by four because you weren't listening to me. Now that I have your attention, let's go a different direction. Yes, sir. Not a big long lecture of how horrible I was that I did it wrong. No, no sulking. Am I the only one who sometimes when you're caught out with your sin, you're standing on the path and you just go, oh, I'm so bad, I'm so bad, I'm a horrible person. When all he's trying to get you to do is like, stop going this direction and go that direction. Okay, that's it. Stop, stop going the wrong way, go the other way. And remember that I've forgiven you and move on. We shame ourselves plenty. God doesn't want to do that. Or as Roman 10 put it, Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. And so love always endures. It doesn't give up on you. It doesn't give up on you. It doesn't say you're hopeless. You're not hopeless. He's not giving up on you. Why? Because he sees that in your heart. He sees that even if you're doing something wrong, there's a reason. There's a lie you've believed. There's a pain you're trying to cover up. There's a reason for it. It's not okay that you did that. But I'm going to work with you on this. And rather than shaming you, he covers that shame. He covers it with his blood. That sin, that transgression, that uncleanliness. Love bears all things. It believes in all things and it hopes all things. And it endures all things. Dear friends, if this is how God has loved you, shouldn't we also love other people similarly? If this is how God has loved you, shouldn't we love similarly? Not shaming. Trying to assume the best intentions. trying to remind people they're not hopeless and never giving up? I think so. Let's pray. Jesus, your love is more amazing than I can imagine. Thank you. 
Help us to understand the incomprehensible love of God. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to uh, do some more worship now. So uh, assume a posture of worship that is meaningful to you, which could be standing or, or kneeling or sitting with your arms folded and grimacing. These are all, these are all valid if they're meaningful to you. I, I say that uh, somewhat in jest, but, you know, for some people, that's very meaningful to them. Somebody dancing? Is that is that what I sense back there? Oh, I see, I see. No, it's the altar call, is what it is. Yeah. All right. It's the baby. All right. Accepting donations for a baby cam so that people online can see the baby. It'll just be on her the whole time. We did not ask mom's permission ahead of time. The love of God doesn't give up on us. It hasn't given up on you. It hasn't given up on the human race. Even at the very beginning, he was like, no, I'm not going to just let Satan win. I'm ascending my son. It didn't give up. And it has provided us hope. And his power, he faithfully, Jesus entrusting his father, went to the cross, and there he has covered all of our sin, all of our shame. This is how Jesus, how God the Father has loved you. So you are not hopeless. He's not giving up. He has removed your shame. Because on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bre took bread and says, this is my body given for you. Love hurts. It sacrifices for the one he or she loves. And there he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brings us peace was laid upon him. By his stripes we are healed. For we all have, like sheep, have gone astray, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so by his blood, we are forgiven, righteous, holy, undeservedly so, but nevertheless true. Come to the table, and, and we will share together 
after we, as, after we sing. And may this, may this remembrance of his love give you peace. May it, may it give you peace to remember that he's not going to forget you, not going to give up, that his love forget, his, his, and his blood has covered all your sin. May the peace of Christ be yours.